night taking place in the Carnbeg Hotel and Spa on the Armagh Road in Dundalk. It's on Tuesday the 3rd of March, that's a couple of days away, at half past eight. Tickets are €20 Euro and all the proceeds go to the Injured Jockeys Fund. And I'm delighted to stay in the studio to talk about the event and indeed the Cheltenham Festival as a whole. Should it go ahead? Well, let's hope it does. Is uh, Barry Doyle, sales and marketing manager of the Carnbeg Hotel, Ronan Groom, journalist with the Irish Field and Thomas Coyle, a local trainer in County Mead as well. Lads, you're all very welcome to the studio. Uh, first of all, I suppose, uh, Barry, you might as well just start with you. You're the man that's kind of uh, driving whole, this whole thing on in the Carnbeg Hotel. It's it's a big event, and these preview nights every every year when they come around are always huge. What makes a good preview night, do you think? Well, thanks very much for having us in, um, David. So, yes, yeah, so the Champerty uh, Cheltenham preview night, I suppose, is on next Tuesday, and 3rd of March at 8.30 in the Carnbeg Hotel Spats on the Armagh Road in Dundalk. And I suppose the two gentlemen on my left are going to be on the panel, Thomas Coyle, racehorse trainer from Batterstown County Mead, and Ronan Groom, a Navin native, um, and so he's also a podcast member, and he'll be on the, on the panel as well. So there's lots of, I suppose, local interest. The panel, I suppose, features Desi Scal, um, who's the MC on the night. Desi, of course, legendary commentator for over 40 years mm-hmm. in Irish racing. No stranger, of course, to Dundalk as well every Friday night um, Desi so yeah Keith Donahue as well um, jockey from, from County Mead and I suppose David Mullen so it's great to have the two jockeys there as well because I suppose you have the, the Gordon Elliott angle coming from Keith and obviously then the, the Willie Mullins juggernaut from David so it's great to kind of have those two stables covered on the night and of course Brendan Duke as well um, trainer from the Curra, dual purpose trainer so Brendan uh, would be I suppose one of the, the funniest characters in racing and fantastic and I want to thank Paddy Power very much for coming on board with us as well. Uh, Frank Hickey, one of the shrewdest judges, I suppose, in the game, we, we must not forget, and I suppose famous for being on the Racing Post podcast as well. So, so there's lots to look forward to on the night. Tickets are only €20, Euro, and I suppose that includes a, a €5 Euro free bet for um, Paddy Powers as well. So, as I say, Irish Inter Jockeys Fund, and the two lads, I suppose, join me on the Chantity podcast mm. as well. Um, so the two lads will be there on the night. Well, I take my hat off to you for getting all your plugs in good and early there anyway, and in fairness to you, so you've done, you've done well there. Um, Thomas, I might come to you next because you're you're a trainer, obviously you're a man that's involved on a day-to-day basis, and you know it's not an easy business. Everyone sees Gordon Elliott and all these lads who are at the top of their game and, and are you know doing really well, and everybody wants to send their, their their horses to Gordon Elliott and these lads. But like the harsh realities of it, we see it like every few years you read of a, of a stable that shuts down because it's just it's not sustainable. How do you find like it's it's obviously a passion for people that are involved in it, but it's it's a tough business to be in as well at the same time. Yeah, no, it's it's um it's a very tough game, but it's it's probably something that we're bred into into the game. Um. Like from a young age, all I wanted to be was a jockey, a jockey, and it's come on to this. And we've started up the yard in the last few years, and look, we've had it, we've had a bit of success. Luckily, um, we had a grand winner in Dundalk uh, there last summer, and um, we had a nice horse that was second last weekend. So um, look, things are going good. It is tough. Big owners want their horses with big trainers. They want big results, but um, the little man can do every bit as good once he gets a good horse. And um, all you need is a chance. And look, a horse and a stable and Hopefully, with a bit of luck, you can do it. And do you find that, like, I know, because I just from personal experience, not me personally being involved, but I know people who did get involved in buying horse races or a share of a, of a horse, of a horse, I should say, back in the, the first Celtic Tiger many years ago. Have you noticed any kind of an upswing in the last few years when things have been getting better again and everyone, you know, wants to be associated with it and likes the day out at the race and loves to be in the, in the winner's enclosure afterwards? Yeah, definitely. Um, you can see again that syndicates have come massively again, which is great as well because you can actually see the number of horses again in races has increased massively in the last while. And like the ordinary man is back in, in the game that, most ordinary men love to be honest and um, no it's great to see and um, it's great to get more syndicates even from a home 
we've had maybe three more syndicates there since just before Christmas mm. come into the yard. So it's great, and um, it's great for owners, trainers, and everything. To you're, o- you're over there in Batterstown, which is a uh, Black Hall country, and if I'm not mistaken, the the, uh, the Black Hall Gales Crest is a is a jockey's hat or is some sort of a horse racing paraphernalia in there. I think um, I won't I won't I, I, I won't quiz you on that one. But so don't I'm pretty sure at the minute. I'm pretty sure. There's a bit of a there's a bit of a roar about it at the minute. So <laughs> well, we steer clear of that one. But that area of Mead is obviously steeped in, in horse racing. And you were assistant trainer to Eddie Cawley for many years. I was I was helpfully told there by by Barry yeah. during the week. So you you learned to trade from him, really. Yeah, Eddie's been massive in in my career. Um, I rode a few winners and point of points for him and um, Barstown's actually becoming a little hub there for horses at the minute because uh, we've Keen O'Connor building his brand new state-of-the-art uh, art yard there at the minute and uh, Sarah Ennis who's massive into the event and is there as well along with Eddie so it's uh, it's becoming a little horse hub there all of a sudden so um, hopefully a, a good few days for Barstown in the, in the, in the future. We'll have to ask you off the, uh, we'll have to ask you off air what the, what the little spat is maybe but maybe it's not one to put out on the radio at the moment. Um, I suppose, Thomas, or to, to come to you, Ronan, rather next, you know, you're a man that's involved as a journalist for years, you're an avid man. What was, what was your, where did your first uh, love of horse racing come from? Was it a family thing as well? Uh, I, was I just went racing with my granddad when I was younger and I kind of got into it through... I, I, my first bet was probably a winner, which could have been basically the well, adventure. If, I, if my first bet was a loser, maybe I wouldn't be sitting here now. Well, anyone that's read Tony Tan will tell you about the first bet yeah. being a winner and where yeah, that goes exactly, from there, but yeah. <laughs> it worked out okay for you. Yeah. <laughs> well... I'm going okay so far, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, I just went racing, uh, no real um, horsey background or anything like that, went racing with my granddad, my granddad was one of those guys who just went ra- ra- everywhere up and down the country, Galway, Listowel, Roscommon, he'd go to any races, and uh, so I just hopped along with him, and I kind of always had an interest in, write- in writing, I suppose, and uh, just kicked it on from there, so yeah, it's great, it's great sport to be involved in, writing, everyone's very accessible, helpful to talk to. Um, you know, it's not the way in GAA anymore. You, know, no. you struggle to talk to a cornerback from from Carlo. You know, and mm. these days the press officers and everything. But in racing, you can pick up the phone, talk to Gordon Elliott, uh, Willie Mullins. They're more than helpful to to, to take take your call. And um, I suppose that's the best part of it, I guess. Yeah, and that's that access that you need. I know we speak to David Jennings on the show a lot, and he'd be the same. He'd say like, you know, you can we pick the phone up anytime we have money. So I'm just off the phone to Willie. I'm just off the phone to Gordon Elliott. Like it yeah. does seem to be that kind of. It's a close knit environment, isn't it? Really, everyone kind of knows. Everyone. Everybody and, and no one's, you know, I guess maybe the, the suspicion with, with some of the other sports is there's a, a tendency to think that the journalists are out to get lads or they're out to do them over when actually there doesn't seem to be that kind of scepticism in horse racing for some reason. No, yeah, it's good and a lot, of the, a lot of the big guys will actually call the journalists when there's news. Like, I'm not a, I'm not at the David Jennings uh, <laughs> um, kind of regard yet, but I, I was just listening to him the other day. I, I was on the podcast and he was saying Eddie O'Leary rang him about the Tiger Roll news. So that's that's a good relationship to have I guess with the big the big figures and uh, maybe, seems to be on the same team. Maybe the difference between the, the, the paranoia that exists in other sports other than horse racing is that the, the horses don't go into any mind games and they don't have to worry about that kind of thing where, where yeah. everyone else seems to be so concerned about what, what manager knows what team is being released during the week and all that kind of stuff so maybe that's a part of it um, coming back to yourself Thomas we mentioned there that the, the event on, on Tuesday is in aid of the you know, Jockeys Fund and like that's a it's a, a charity that's kind of gotten a lot, of, a lot of publicity over a number of years unfortunately because there's been quite a few serious injuries and, and that kind of stuff so it's obviously a, a thing that's close to your heart as well and something that you're, you're very keen to support Definitely. Um, the Under Jockeys Fund is, is massive in, into the racing family. Um, just take on board that David Mullins, that's on the panel, is after coming back from a, a serious injury, he was airlifted out of Turles, um with a bad back injury. He That was, I think, just the, maybe September, October. 
um, literally had all his rehab and everything done. If he hadn't got the injured jockey fund, he'd he'd have had no income coming in. So um, it's massive. And even even for uh, jockeys after racing, like it still looks after them people. So it's um, if if we hadn't got it into sport, we'd be we'd be struggling. So it's um, everything that people do for it is is great, and it's a great cause. And uh, We'd like to thank anyone that supports it. And for people that don't know how, how it works, so you guys are relying on, do you get any state assistance? Are you relying purely on, you know, are you relying on, on membership fees going into, like, let's say, the PFA or something like that, where all that sort of stuff goes in? How do you, how do the, does the Energy Jockeys Fund, aside from events like this, obviously raise money? Yeah, um, well, a percentage of a jockey's riding fee will go into it X amount, so that's built up over the year as well. Obviously, big events like this and things, and a small percentage of prize money as well, so it keeps the kitty full for lads that that at bad times are struggling and uh, it gets them out of a hole and um as i said it's it's massive for the industry if we hadn't got it there'd be to be a good few people struggling and um as i said it's it's probably more vital for people after racing as well that have that have had a, an injury that has taken them out of a game and taken them out of job but um to be fair the under jockey fund looks after and doesn't forget anybody so it's a it's a great cause one thing before we we look at the the racing ahead at cheltenham in, in a week or so's time um that amazes everybody around jockeys is the the risk they put themselves through. You talk about giving a percentage of their fee. It's not like they're earning massive money to ride horses anyway, and they could be riding like umpteen horses per day per week. And the danger that that they put themselves in, compared to obviously comparison with soccer or rugby or whatever it is, um, is that ever likely to change? Do you think that the jockeys are ever going to get you know much more than they're getting at the moment, or is it are we at a bit of a ceiling? Because it does seem like for what they put themselves through. And obviously they love it and everything else, but the the risk reward is is a little bit out of kilter there. It is, but I I think most people probably do the game for it's not for the money. To be honest, it's um it's like an adrenaline rush that they get for that five to six minutes. Um, I'd say where it is now, it's probably at the ceiling where it's going to be. Um, jump jockeys obviously get a bit more because the risk is obviously more than a flat jockey, but um, percentages are good on prize money and that. So um, no, I think I think that's it's it's going to fairly level off where it is there now. Okay, well, that's fair enough. Okay, well I'm sure everyone's listening in to hear the wise words of the, the three men in front of me here in terms of tipping for, for uh, Cheltenham. Now, I know you're not going to give everything away because we want people to come along to the, to the preview night and you'll go through everything in a lot more detail there, but we're just going to touch on the kind of big races across the course of the Cheltenham Festival. So let's start on day one. The feature there is the uh, champion hurdle, not the strongest renewal. Um, Epitant, 4-1 to favourite with Paddy Power. And then, lads, we might just get a, a few words on you. We'll start with yourself, Barry, and what you, uh, what you fancy on day one. You mentioned the wise words. Ronan Groom here to the left of us actually spoke about a horse, which I think day one, I suppose, the big question will be, will Honeysuckle go for the champion hurdle or the mayor's? Decision hasn't been made on it yet, but I know Ronan was quite keen on the chances of, of a Honeysuckle at the start of the year, one of the earlier podcasts, and he put it up at 40-1. to one. Um, So she's as short, I suppose, 9-1 to one now. I think she's a fantastic chance if she lines up in the champion hurdle. I think, um, I suppose, her time figures are very good at Christmas, and the horse who finished second to Honeysuckle, Darver Star um, is, is actually owned, I suppose, by a syndicate in County Loud so it'll be interesting to see how that form works out, if she goes champion hurdle um, I suppose the two of those I think would have a very good chance for the Irish, just to mention that um, Simon Fagan, one of the owners of Darver Star will actually be at the preview night um, on Tuesday night so might be interesting I suppose to catch up and, and, and hear the thoughts of Simon Absolutely, so uh, you're talking about uh, Honeysuckle there maybe, is, uh, that's just a back then from a long way, 40 to 1, is that what you said all the yeah, way into? Yeah, sure, that's the wise man we have here, Ronan Groom here beside us. <laughs> He's on the ball there, and um, what about yourself, uh, Thomas, anything catching your eye on, on the first day there? Uh, 
Um, just as a slight scare, maybe about the favour, I heard Nicky Henderson saying that she might have a dry cough, so I'm going to go for another one of his. I think Pentland Hills, he's been a bit disappointing this year, but um, I think if the ground dries up, he'll definitely he'll definitely improve for what he's done when Ballyandy bet him in Haydock the last day. Um, five-year-olds hadn't got a great record in this race until maybe uh, the Gavin Cromwell, Esport Allen won it last year. So um, for me, if the ground dries up, he he's won to favour and um, he's probably second favourite there at the minute okay so we'll keep an eye so that's pendlin pendlin hills okay so we'll just jump on to day two then because we're up against the clock a little bit so ronan we'll come to you now no pressure at all after your your big big up there from uh, from barry and um, what are you looking at on day two we're looking at um altior and the the five, 15 day favorite and the champion chase anything catching your eye there or is that what you're what you're thinking yeah the champion chase could be the race of the week and um, david like you're looking at the tree at the top of the market there altior coming back to two miles uh, and going for his third win in the race and you have Deffy de soil kind of the up-and-comer and shack on for willie mullins like that's a serious serious race i think it's, it's a lot of people's favorite race two miles around Cheltenham. it's bang 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 you can't make a mistake or you'll be out out of the race you know um I would be siding with Altior again there, just about. I just think he's been there and done it. Uh, and I think he showed the last day his surge. Like, after the last, his, his power kind of finish just kicks in. Um, but it's not a race, I suppose, you could... It's one of those races you can kind of sit back and look and just kind of watch it. It's not one of those races you have to necessarily have a bet in, I suppose. But Altior, for me, I suppose you're pushing me for a selection. What about yourself, Thomas? Anything uh, jumping out you there? Are you, are you, uh, you happy to, to, to back up Altior there? No, I, I think the old guard will come down. There'll be a new king in um, Shackham, Porsois, to be honest. Um... He obviously is a delicate horse to train. We haven't seen too much of him. He was electric in Punchestown last year when he bet Deffy Desoy over two mile. Um, Deffy Desoy saying that is, is going to be there, thereabouts, but he, he'll rely on soft ground over two mile for me. Um, but I, I go with the Willie Mullins trained. He had a blip at Christmas, but came back um, at the Dublin Racing Festival and he put in a good performance against Min. So uh, he's the one for me. Okay, so day three then, the stayers hurdle. Back to yourself for this one, Barry. And uh, the question that you, that was, was posed to me earlier on is, can anyone beat Paisley Park? There's not absolutely nothing wrong, Paisley Park. Um, I think if there was one here in each way bet, um, it might be Emmaton at, at, at 10 to 1 in around um, each way. I think he represents probably each way value. Uh, was impressive um, last time out after maybe disappointment on his comeback at Cheltenham. So I think he is maybe progressive and going in the right direction. Cole Harden, of course, won this for Warren Greatrix as well. So um, his record in the race obviously speaks for itself, but it, I do think he's the each way value. Just one other horse, I suppose, on day three is maybe the story teller um, of Gordon Elliott's he's, ten, he's about £10 um, lower over hurdles than he is over, over fences I think he's very interesting in the per temps and that's the storyteller he's, he's probably about 7 to 1 now I think it is with Paddy Powers so he's probably going to short himself I suppose I would advise people to maybe get on now get on it now yeah before it comes in any closer to, to uh, any shorter odds than that and then finally Gold Cup Day Thomas we'll come back to you and we'll get I mean, we get your all, all of your views on this and we'll come to you first Thomas so Album Photo and uh, Santini are joint 72 favourites at this moment in time are they the, the, the two that you'd be going for or do you see anything any other value in the field there that people might want to get on um, they're not for me if anyone that's been listening to the podcast I've been following Lost in Translation since he literally came on board um, we had a, a half sister at the yard um, so we followed him but unfortunately I don't think he's mightn't get up the hill on soft ground over 3 mile 2 my heart tells me presenting Percy um, I'm probably I'd say people think I'm half mad here but I think he's going to be trained I think he's been trained for the day 
Um, he ha- probably has been disappointed since he won the RSA two years ago. Um, but Pat Kelly, he's from Galway. He is a small trainer, but he is one of the shrewdest men you could ever meet in horses. Even to listen to him for 20 minutes is unbelievable. Um, but I think he's been prepping this horse for Cheltenham on the day, the 13th of March. And I think at 10, 12 to 1 people might get a, a, a rare surprise on Friday. You've got that uh, you've got that cheeky smirk on your face, so you look very you look very confident about that and we'll wait and see how it goes. And every finally to you then uh, Ronan, where do you see the, the value or indeed what do you see winning the on the on the gold cup, I yeah, suppose, I the, suppose the big one that day. Yeah, I suppose everyone is saying it's it's a great gold cup and it's it's wide open and stuff. But it was interesting I was down at the Willie Mullins press morning and he didn't think it was as good a gold cup as last year. And this is in regard to obviously he has the favourite album photo going back for two or two. And he's literally we talk about about him uh, presenting personally being trained for race but Albin photos it's all been the Gold Cup they've gone followed the route exactly as they did last year go back to Tremor low key just the one run and everything's been built up to the Gold Cup so outside with him I suppose it's a bit unoriginal um, one at a bigger price and I know Barry likes him as well is the King George winner Clan Des Oboe and people will rightly probably point to his Cheltenham record he's 0 from 5 at Cheltenham but I just think he's trained by a genius of a three-mile chaser in Paul Nichols, who's a superb Gold Cup record. And like him, everything has been about Cheltenham since the King George. And they're going to, I think, change the riding tactics on him this year, try and help him get home. I just thought he was all class at Kempton, probably better horse this year. So at a bigger price, maybe he would be. But I think Album Pro is the right favourite at the moment. OK, well, we'll just have to wait and see. Well, lads, listen, thanks so much for coming in. Barry Doyle, sales and marketing manager with Karen Bay Hotel, Ronan Groom, journalist with the Irish Field, and Thomas Coyle, local trainer here in Battersand. Just to remind you again, it's uh, Tuesday, 3rd of March, that's just Tuesday, half past 8, so get there early, 8 o'clock, tickets are 20 quid, and the uh, proceeds go to the Irish Injury Jockeys Fund, and the lineup on the night, Desi Scahill will be your MC. we'll have Keith Donoghue, David Mullins, Thomas Coyle in front of us, Ronan Green in front of us, Brendan Duke and Frank Hickey from Paddy Power, promise it to be a great night, and I'm sure lots of tips and uh, lots of potential uh, winnings to be had there as well, so lads, thanks so much for coming in, and best of luck with the event. Thanks so much David, bye bye. We'll take a quick commercial break back after that.